It's Patrick Beatty Reviews, the number one for news. It's Patrick Beatty Reviews, number one for news. Yeah. Tune in. Get up. Yeah. What's up? Keep the change, you filthy animal. What is up, my gaggle of geeks, and welcome to another podcast episode where we're going to be talking about the Star Wars Celebration recap, about everything that happened, all the announcements this uh, this celebration, and really just how many people are going to be upset that Ray is back. I have with me a very incredible man that is going to just lay down all of the info with us. It's Don Shanahan. How's it going, man? Oh, you got to meet you. So close. You're muted. <laughs> no. No, Patrick, thank you. Good there to you. Are. <laughs> hey, there it is. No, I was trying to be all cool in case people make noise here. It's okay. I've got sound effects for either one. That's what I needed. <laughs> That's what I needed. Yeah. Come in. So up your own intro. You. <laughs> no, great to be here, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's nice to catch you on a, on a... I'm on spring break as a school teacher, so my freedom is wonderful and uh, gets me to be able to do this stuff. Very cool. Everybody look down below. Make sure that you're following him on uh, Twitter with Casablanca Don and with Film Obsessive, where he's putting out all the good podcasts. He's got reviews, he's got interviews. And we're going to talk about one of the movies that came out this week that I didn't get a chance to cover, all right. but that I was very curious about. Uh, honestly, if, yeah, we can, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But first, uh, let's break down what happened this week. Um, first, the the big news is that Star Wars Celebration happened. Mm -hmm. And with so many things that we can discuss, uh, I want to first ask you, yeah. as as a newcomer to the to the podcast, Jay probably doesn't know you very well. Jay's my one fan. So Jay will know. Um, what is your affiliation with Star Wars? What are your feelings towards it? And um, are you into this big corporate celebration stuff? Uh, I... I'm okay with it because uh, I get that that's I get the business side and I get the fan side. I mean, from a business side standpoint, yeah, sell your product, do your own thing. If you can fill out your if you can fill your own convention and not go to San Diego in July because you're that big and you can bring bring that kind of following, yeah, go have your show. I mean, they do Disney does the same with D23. You see a couple other people kind of you know veer that direction. I think the idea of going to different cities every year is is pretty sweet in terms of just like you bring instead of having just one regular place where a convention can maybe get stale or overrun, you change it up with different cities. And I think London was graced with Star Wars's presence. Um, I think two years ago it was in Chicago. I I thought nothing of it. Where I thought, oh man, that would be a nice thing to go to. I'm sure it'll be back next year. But then I'm like, mm -hmm. no, no, it's a traveling roadshow thing where it'll never be back again, or at least it won't be back for a very long time. So mm -hmm. I definitely missed my chance to see it here in Chicago. But as a fan, um, to kind of say where I'm at, I'm one of those people where. I'm easy to please. I'm just happy there's more Star Wars to say it like that. Like the I don't want to say the more the merrier. I would I would prefer it to you know be done well and all that, but uh I tend to be an easy grader on it. I'm happy there's more opportunities and chances for it to to kind of tell its story and get different creators in there to do it. I think there was um the JJ stuff was tricky. This you know, the sequel trilogy. I know that divided. Let me, a lot let of me fans. stop you. Let me jump yeah. in right there, actually, because this will be the good test, right? Okay, okay. Because we 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 can all say that we love Star Wars and we're excited to see more Star sure. Wars. But the where were you moments, right? All right. Where were yeah. you and what were you feeling, thinking moments walking out of the rise of Skywalker? Oh, that's a good one. Um <laughs> much in a much different place in my head and in my heart than I did watching The Force Awakens. And mm. uh, and and the last Jedi. So, yeah, I I think I boy feel was the that a sidestep. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel the deflated balloon. I feel the 
I feel the that was all that it was. We went all the way there for that. Uh, yeah, where it's, it's I don't like to use the word disappoint a lot when it comes to when I write and do reviews. I try to stay pretty even keeled. Um, I don't like to use the big E word of expectation. So I, I try to really go into these movies pretty light, pretty easy. I don't watch trailers. Mm. So I, I again, I was happy there was more Star Wars. I was happy to see. I've always been a fan of Daisy Ridley and what she's been able to bring. Like no matter how much junk is going around on around her in those films, she was always a guiding light and a steady presence where I was happy to see what she can do, where mm. having a very race centered movie was, was solid. Everything else I can take or leave. I know they were put in a bad position when it came to the death of Carrie Fisher. And that obviously derailed what they could do between movies two and three. But uh, no, I felt I felt the reduction. I felt the loss. Um, mm, did it reduction's make me, a good term? Yeah, like but did it make me throw out all my Star Wars figures and and burn a, and burn things down? No, I'm fine. It, that they ended it the way they ended it. There's enough coda there where you know. I'm glad Adam Driver had his moment. I'm glad you're back in Tatooine bearing lightsabers. I don't know. It was fine. I wasn't glad um, that. Yeah, it was. Boy. But I'm not one of those people. Like I said, that's gonna just throw out the baby with the bathwater. Um, but it, it is tricky. Oh, great. Yeah. Can't throw out the Grogu with the bathwater. That's the way to say it too. That's the baby we want. And I'm, that's the thing. Like it's, it, 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 it amazes me how much creativity they've been able to put into the television shows and with the longer form of storytelling. And then they get to the movies and it's just a rushed job that you would think, man, they would get something big and get something right. But then they, they kind of don't. And I'm, I'm glad the TV side is course correcting what they can with the movies, but uh, mm. it's just, um, You've kind of already got that smear. It's gonna be tricky, especially with this Star Wars celebration and a new Daisy Ridley film being announced. Where, where, where does that go? Are you, is it? Are you bringing me back in? Is it the Godfather? You know, how do you get Daisy mm. Ridley tattooing and back into business? I, I don't know how you do that. So, well, as Anakin Skywalker said, this is where the fun begins, and we're gonna break oh. down what these mean. From what I understand, with the Daisy Ridley film, which mm -hmm. it's kind of fascinating to me because I got, to, I got to see her at Sundance. Mm -hmm. And like from everything I discussed with her, it seems like she was way more on the producer back end of things. Okay. She was much more interested in doing things like that. So this news kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, me and Daisy, we're best buds. We should know all the stuff, right? Right. And with this, it's set five years after the rise of Skywalker, I believe. Okay. Or was it okay. 15? Ah, I don't you know. Age her up if it's 15. She has a it would be quite a, doll, a while. gorgeous baby face herself. So right. I'll take um, five. Now, the thing is, I no. believe that this is going to be really no creative team behind the sequel trilogy is going to be associated with this. Okay. They're doing okay. their own thing. I am curious if Daisy Ridley has some type of producer credit attached okay. to it, and that could be why that she, why she's back. I'd be fascinated to learn about that. But um, if for all we know, this is going to be her building the Jedi again, uh, okay. starting the order the way that we thought it was going to be with Luke. Maybe we're going to see Grogu show up at this point. Have a little mm. bit of training starting okay. there. Maybe okay. we can see Ezra appear from there. Maybe everything that this Filoni verse, which is that what right. we should call it now, the Filoni verse. That's a good term for it. I think that's a good place to be. Uh, right. We, can we merge the names of Filoni and Favreau into some Benefer kind of thing? Falavraverse. Favreau? Uh, double F. The Falavraverse. The Flavorverse. Falavraverse. Yeah. <laughs> we can just order Falafel when we're It done sounds like something that John Favreau would make for us at a barbecue. <laughs> He sure would. And I, I, I would eat it. Let me tell right. you, that man can cook. Um, I guess my question to you about this Daisy Ridley thing, since you're in cahoots and know her as a producer, I yeah, guess would be the film would be the film side. Um, what kind of kind of creative presence would you hope would step into there? Like the, 
what type of writer and what type of director would you like to see maybe take that character in a better and new direction? Mm. Well, I think we need a new uh, a new dynamic for Ray because right now the only Ray has kind of been a character that's been whisked on adventures and not really like gone on her own to do mm. something. Right? Agreed. It's all been put in place. She has to do certain things to get to certain points. Now that she can be on her own, she's buried the lightsabers. Um, she could either start the Jedi. She can uh, do do kind of the Ahsoka type of thing, be kind of mm -hmm. like a gray Jedi going around, or she could start going to the political side. I don't know. But the the thing is, I I don't see anything from the sequel trilogy that I feel could be ex expanded any further than where that went. Like that arc is done, so we need a new arc. Yeah, like if you were to bring back a third iteration of the Empire and Stormtroopers. It would feel, especially five years after, if they're, even if it's 10 years after, it would feel like another Force thing. Um, if you bring back Oscar Isaac or, or John Boyega, who sounds like he won't come back ever again anyway. I know. Yeah, I don't know where you go. And I think you're right. That would put her back in the group, in the party, in the adventure versus something of her own thing. Uh, I'm right. with you. This can be a... Um, I know Obi-Wan Kenobi is not the best example because she's not that old. But um, the idea of a solo adventure into a certain... You know, way of unknown or a place of self-discovery i'd be i'd be down with that too um what director to put there i, w I wouldn't know um i'll be that guy that says hey let's get a female director i know patty jenkins was circled for a star wars film for a bit there it got tabled and shelved but a, a director of that ilk and quality would be pretty cool i mm. i i can't name a name that would be well a, there's a, a there's but... going to be a director showing for it it's uh charmine obeyed chinoy she was okay. a director on the miss marvel series I'll take that. I'll take that. And she's done a few documentaries from what I've been able to see uh, for it. But, okay, so it is going to be set 15 years after the events 15. of The Rise of Skywalker. I'll pick that. that, that you know what? They've got the aging tech. They can yeah. do it a little. And your makeup will do a job. But that'll wash That'll wash a lot of the bad taste of any lingering stuff. Like, you're not right. keeping old boyfriends and old flames that long. Like, especially if we're doing the whole re rebuild the Jedi Order. And, okay, I'll take that. Right. I'll take that. What was Charmaine she before, like, okay. before her journey, she was basically mm -hmm. just, you know, scavenger, right? Yeah. So what's so a scavenger do, do when she doesn't have anything else to do? I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. that Yeah, because, like, she went from being, I, I'm almost a hermetic lifestyle to thrust into all the adventure that turned into the sequel trilogy. How do you come down from that? How do you ramp back up for that to a larger cause? So right. no, I, I'm down for it. You had me a daisy, really. So, I mean, that movie is <laughs> that movie's good to go. Right, definitely. Well, and to move a little bit further into this, the the Filoni verse is opening up, and it could extend out to Ray. But let's talk about where it is in the streaming verse. So, Ahsoka is going to be the next show that's coming mm -hmm. after the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, we now know, is officially getting kind of a um, a conclusive uh, arc that's yeah. starting to happen. Uh, whether or not that's going to be next season, we don't know for sure. But they, they did kind of say they're working on concluding mm -hmm. this or intertwining it with what we're seeing in the future. Is that right? I think so. And if um if it is this season, <laughs> they better wrap it up quick. They only got like yeah, three episodes left in there. And they're kind of going, I'm not saying they're spinning their wheels with filler, but this little dance and hopscotch around little little gets and little do's is taking a while. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. But Ahsoka will be next. This is the one that everybody's excited for, mainly because mm -hmm. if you love Star Wars, which we do, you've loved it for decades, mm -hmm. you you know the expanded lore, you know the legacy stuff, and the new canon that's coming back 
is coming with Thrawn in the yeah. Heir to the Empire series. Now, we can talk a lot about how we feel this is going to go, and I'm excited to. So to start off, Rosario Dawson came out on stage uh, accompanied by Natasha Liu Bordizio and mm -hmm. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, all <laughs> basically like just fanning out about how cool it is that there are these characters brought to life from Dave Filoni's universe. An animated into live action has been working really well for him. But what did you think seeing the uh, presentation and the trailer? I didn't see much of the presentation. I, I hung on the trailer. Um, I know I said I don't watch trailers. I don't watch trailers for movies. I'll watch a trailer for a TV show because it's harder to spoil something that's eight hours long than something two hours long. But mm -hmm. uh, I was impressed. Um, I know I had a couple of people say, oh, it looks like fan fiction and, and weak this and weak that. I don't see what those fit folks see. I see the portendingness of this kind of the, the, of the doom and the threat to this character and, and how obviously she's kind of a, a rogue person that has to kind of handle and survive on her own with, with obviously, you know, high skill and high ability, but you've got some people out there chasing her. So um, I'm, I was impressed by just what the trailer could show the, the, the tone of it. I am so there for Rosario Dawson. This is a great thing for her. Um, and, and then, yeah, Dave Filoni um, has not really screwed anything up for us for quite a long time where, my, my trust is there and surrounding her with fantastic co-stars. Um, and again, the energy of the show, I, I think it's easy in a, in a convention setting for everyone to be hyped and everyone to be, and everyone to be excited and put the best face forward. You're marketing for goodness sakes when you're up there. But um, I do think the product just shows. And I think uh, even when you get to that list of directors of who's going to kind of cover some of those episodes, because most of those TV shows, you bring in about a half dozen different directors to kind of steer a piece of this, steer a piece of that. Like we've enjoyed mm -hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard a lot for this past couple Mandalorian seasons where when you've got Rick Fiomi and you've got Steph Green and Peter Ramsey, you've got, and then Filoni himself, you've got good talent. And um, that's one thing that uh, the Star Wars side of Disney has been able to do is find and keep around very good talent to surround great cast and great production and put their money into it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm impressed. And now that they've got passion involved to it too. Very and, much so. and really just like a creative genius behind it. It's, mm -hmm. I'm very excited. Uh, where do you think this season is going to end off? Is it going to be setting up a whole new series? Is it going to be setting up a season two of Ahsoka? Or will we be leading right into the movie that Dave Filoni is now set to be directing? I got a feeling like it'll be the movie. Like um, I think so, too. I think that Ahsoka gets one great season to do what she can do. And if the Mandalorian is circling itself to kind of get there, because it does sound like this Filoni film is kind of the catch-all. I, th I think we'll get Boba Fett back in the here in this. Um, it sounds like other pieces and parts will kind of come into play. And and I'm, I'm down for that. Um, the tricky thing for them is going to be is finding the right thing that can that brings them all together but is still in a condensed way of something that could fit in a two-hour movie what is mm -hmm. that i mean we're, we've been at the we've been able to enjoy the luxury of eight episode really stretched out long form of storytelling patience driven seasons you won't you don't have that when you have a two-hour movie you have a bit of a let's go and let's chase and let's finish things so right what will ramp them up? i mean if you can put now if you're you're kind of funneling that energy fantastically if you have three different shows that all end on a big cliffhanger that's going to point to this movie. Like if Ahsoka ends with a bang and Mandalorian ends with a bang, and I'm not sure if there's season two of Book of Boba Fett, but uh, if all three of those funnel to a big place, you got us. But uh, okay. that, that'll be the challenge is timing all that. Do you think they've got anything to worry about if they decide we want to go full heir to the empire, bring in a digital Luke, a digital mm. Han and a digital Leia? And actually tell yeah. some of that story that we haven't seen adapted or 
Will it be something much like what the Clone Wars was doing with um, Revenge of the Sith, where mm -hmm. we know the events, we know it's being played out, but we're not really in that side of the journey. Yeah. We just are hearing about it and we're going through our own journey. That is, um, I think you're right. That's a crucial decision point when it comes to writing and putting it together. If they want to go there or not, you can tell Disney's not afraid to go there by doing the digital Luke. They've done two mm -hmm. two different interviews. They've done Luke seasons. and Leia. That's right. Um, and they have I, a young Han. They, That's uh, all I'm saying. They yeah. have everything right there. Um, well, for this one, you would need old Han. You know, you would. Right. You, you can't. I don't know if you. This would be post Return of the Jedi. Um, Alden Ehrenreich. I don't know if you can bring that back, but um, that would be the challenge. Um, I, I think they, Disney has to sit down and kind of ask themselves: Do we want to, and does it play well? Because um, I know you've got mixed feelings and results from a lot of the fandom on whether or not that has ever really worked. Like, you have some people who are geek out that we get young Leia showing up in Rogue One, that we had Luke, you know, coming to save the day in the Mandalorian, and, and obviously develop Grogu at, in a few snippets as we got after that. But um, but people, I mean, you still have that layer of people and a, and a vocal layer of people who are weirded out by these actors, even actors, I say like that, uh, mm -hmm. even being there in, in that capacity where if you go there, yeah, it's into into what level and how much. That's a tough decision. I, I don't know. Right. How would you would you want that? Would you want to leave them out? You know, at this point, I just want to see what they could do because yeah, what they were able to bring out with specifically Mandalorian season two, because yeah, I would maybe. consider that the the new guard, right? Mm -hmm. Rogue One was kind of an it's offshoot, ago. yeah, accidentally yeah. brilliant kind of film because it had a lot of stuff going against it when it was in production. Mm -hmm. But with this, it was it was a, a setup and a payoff that delivered really well. And Peyton Reed has not directed anything better since. <laughs> I agree. But now we have the the ability. It could it be biting off more than you could chew. Could That's it be, my wonder. Yeah. It, do, it, do we get Sabak show, or Sabayoth showing up? Do we have? Mm -hmm. um, I think we can have a lot of potential with those kind of side characters yeah. that were part of the book. But still not necessarily be like, and now we follow Luke, Han, and Leia going to this thing. Maybe right. we'll get holograms. Holograms yeah. are doable. Holograms are doable. You can. You don't have to be as sharp in the effects with that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing would be how much do they want to springboard that towards the Force Awakens or not? Because the that's the order. gap we're filling there, you know? So we know, I mean, if they're going to keep that canon, so to speak, and I'm, I'd be stunned if they were to erase three well, very they, profitable They can't. Ray's coming. They can't. Toothpaste out of the tube, right? Mm -hmm. So... And somehow you have to plug that in somewhere. Uh, maybe it's the plans. Maybe the plans we're asking are what's after the movie. Do you keep filling that gap between, um, you know, these six to eight years after Return of the Jedi and just keep inching closer and closer to Force Awakens with, mm -hmm. you know, 25 years, 20, 20 years to play with? Or do you let that be um, and then go explore other places, which is the other third movie that's on the list here? And you go back in time, or you go forward in time. So I right. don't know. They got a bigger challenge than just the movie. Well, speaking of going back in time, we do have two more that are, well, actually, I, guess, I suppose three. Um, the Acolyte, which we've not really yeah. heard much information about no, at hush, all. Hush. Yeah. Um, what we've been told is it's set in the High Republic era, and it's Frozen meets Kill Bill, which at the weirdest Ooh. switch. Yeah. Walk into, the, walk into that elevator and hear that pitch. A huh? peanut butter and zucchini sandwich. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah. Fine, <laughs> but we did have um, Lee Jun Jae and uh, Jody Turner Smith 
uh, Amanda Stenberg, all mm-hmm. there. We got to see footage of Carrie Ann Moss being amazing, doing her Matrix moves. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing just what the heck this is. And it seems like they have a lot of respect towards that era of Star Wars storytelling. And they're very excited to be the first to bring it in. Right. This is High Republic. So we're talking thousands of years before First Jedi stuff here. Yeah, mm. I see. That's the place where I think a lot of those old school fans would love for things to go like, you know, we've had so much Skywalker stuff. And even this Mandalorian and the Filoni verse still kind of puts a tie or two towards the Skywalker stuff. We still have Luke showing up where if you can remove all that and create fantastic characters and you have all kinds of room to tell it because we're talking about thousands of years mm-hmm. that's that's the green pasture that i think they can explore endlessly if they really want to so if this could be a good start for that i'm down for it um and again the talent you said and you mentioned that's a great place to be you love seeing the diversity you love seeing the international casting um there's room for that in a, in a galaxy far far away where you don't have to do the junk that is you don't have to stay in any kind of lane and i'm mm-hmm. happy with that and um and i think i think that what that series can do for a lot of folks that uh, until the next Daisy Ridley Ray movie gets here is um, we'll have a force user for a change. Like we haven't had Mm -hmm. a good, I mean, the only force users we've had in the TV shows or obviously the sequel three movies are still in this Skywalker family tree of things. So to go out and find other people uh, that could be fun. I think that's, and I think that's some of the lore and some of the adventure that a lot of people gravitate to star wars for if they're not into the politics and they're not into the swaggering pilots and the bounty hunters and whatnot they want they want those true blue heroes and i think there's a place for that right no i agree it's very interesting where they're where they're choosing to go as far as eras and that they're kind of covering all of their bases as far as star wars lore it's really cool um speaking of which we there was so much great response for tony gilroy and diego luna when they went on stage for Andor and just seeing the response to like the, he was like, I'm a writer. You don't get this kind of stuff as a writer. And I know that all of you are writers and this is crazy. It's like I'm Mm -hmm. Paris Hilton or something, you know, he didn't say that part. I added that, but he he was very excited for it and very well-deserved. They're working on season two. Mm -hmm. Um, They said they want it to fit like a glove as far as going right into Rogue One. So just like how Rogue One fits into episode four, we're going to have the same thing. I'll take that. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, what they've been able to do with Mon Matha and extending that character. And like, again, like you said, they're touching all the bases where that is your political side. That is your behind the scenes side. That is your rebellion side. And there's definitely a place to have that where, yeah, that's going to that's going to play just fine. Um, Andor was was fantastic. Diego Luna, my goodness. I mean, I didn't know how good we had it in Rogue One until I saw Andor, where he just knocks it out of the park even further. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, Some of the best it, monologues in Star Wars. Oh, that's the period. thing. Like, and, and that's Tony. You know, you have a great writer putting great material on paper and then getting it on the screen where um, that's something that I don't think we can say we had in those J.J. Abrams arc of sequels where I mean, I'm a Ryan Johnson last Jedi fan. Like, I had no problem with the writing in that movie, uh, despite the turns it took to challenge a few things. But mm-hmm. once you got to back to JJ and the third one, like we said with Rise of Skywalker, it's like cocktail napkins stitched together of bad ideas. So, right. Uh, yeah. Well, there was also a cool announcement uh, that I didn't really hear a lot of info about, much like uh, Acolyte is Skeleton Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, Jude Law came in. Uh, they kind of announced a group of directors that are working on it. John Watts is kind of heading this um the pitch was the goonies in space which you you love it yep Yep. easy easy sell for me uh let me list off some of these directors 
David Laurie, John Watts, the Daniels, Jack Schreier, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Lee Isaac Chung. Like, that's wow. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, can I mean, what I like about it again, touching bases in terms of Disney. Now you have something for the kids. You know, mm-hmm. um, the Mandalorian can skew a little bit more to that that TV teen crowd because it goes a little darker, and mm-hmm. it, you can tell um, something like Ahsoka's probably leaning in that very same direction. The Alkalite can be we don't it's still secretive we just don't know, but the foreboding dark logo lets you know that it probably is going to skew teen. But if you do mm-hmm. a kid thing, that's also the spirit of Star Wars. It's a youthful vibrance that's out there, and yeah, and when I think of youthful vibrance in terms of some of those filmmakers, you've got that. Like we just saw the Daniels do something that a big kid would do on a coloring book, but turn it into a movie that wins Oscars. <laughs> right. Um, uh, if, if a little kid is drawing those kind of images, I don't know how. <laughs> good point. Let's not draw dildos at the workplace. Good point. How good would point. you handle that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey dad, look what I drew. You know, I get a couple of those pictures. Let me tell you. Um, but no, like you had me a, uh, for there. Yeah, John Watts knows how to do crew. teens and kids. And then David Lowry. Oh my goodness. You know, like um, he's got, for me, the best Disney reimagining they ever did was Pete's Dragon because it just mm. didn't do the carbon copy thing. It truly took the term of reimagining the heart and still gave you the the feels and the solidness of that myth and lore of Pete's Dragon, but did it completely his own thing. And well, he's could got- you imagine if the director Green Knight did the Goonies? That's oh, insane. That's the thing too. Well, he's got <laughs> Peter Pan and Wendy coming up here in a couple of weeks. Where right? And I, I just watched the trailer for that with my kids. Where uh, that also looks like. Yes, you're showing Peter Pan, but you're showing it and you're doing the Disney Peter Pan. But again, something that looks wholly not a carbon copy. And that's something I admire David Lowry a lot on. So mm-hmm. show him the Star Wars thing and let him go. So, yeah, um, this this would be. And then Jude Law. I mean, talk about an actor who knows his way around. Just if just either he's reached that age now where we've seen in the Harry Potter stuff where he can be a bit of a mentor figure. But at the same time. He's still got the swagger to be a leading man. So mm-hmm. we catch him at a good time. Should we do a little side tangent here and talk about Indiana Jones? Um, did we cover the John, the uh, the Logan, um, the, the James Mangold Star Wars film? Is that still? That's oh, the, that's the still one, a thing. That's the Filoni thing. Or mm-hmm. that's the third feature coming out, right? We have Ridley. We yeah, have Filoni tying up the verse. That's, that's still the the unsure whether yeah. of how soon it's coming because yeah based on the, i don't know who was doing i think it was steve weintraub that was doing an interview and asked him um what he was working on it seems like he's tossing it up between swamp thing and this which Ooh. one he's gonna do first oh, so what i tell the guy to do um i would say go swamp thing yeah we've go not gotten PC. a good swamp thing in a very like ever like nobody's yeah. ever seen one that except no, for the, i guess the, the old tv, TV show is, series was good rough. yeah or this last series was good, I heard. The one that mm-hmm. only had one season and got yeah. axed. Have uh. you ever seen a snippet from the what is it, the eighties, nineties live action show? It's it's messy and it's and it's but it's they tried, you know. <laughs> okay. It's, it's the eighties. So yeah. It's story of Rise of Skywalker. No. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Indiana Woo-hoo! Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I admit this is one of those movies where I'm doing my best to avoid trailers on. I, I know the trailers mm. are inescapable. Um, but, uh, I, I, obviously I still see the news. I still read the snippets. Um, I see the images that are there of the de-aged Harrison Ford, where that also looks promising. And again, if that's the technology we're on, you're right. Maybe go take that shot. When bring that over to star Wars, see what you can do. Um, if that is something you can continue and bring those characters for. 
You know what? It's fascinating that you said that the, you just mentioned that they were doing de-aging technology with Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I wonder if they're just going to like not use that stuff ever again. You know, I, I, or I don't know if like uh, if they're just like, oh, we just made all these 3D renders and right. amazing models. Make his hair we should just like yeah. put that away and never, never use it. Right. Meanwhile, dollar signs are pouring out of Mickey's mouth and he's I like know. crying. I, I wouldn't be. <laughs> I know this is kind of a bigger industry thing, but I kind of wouldn't be surprised that there is an odd like I don't want to say last will and testament thing, but I I can see agents and 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 celebrity managers and all those people like that starting to negotiate what stars likenesses are out there post-mortem i i mm. i wouldn't be surprised if there's a new i don't want to say market for it but um you can know we craft I mean? a Where, black mirror episode around this real quick right <laughs> but um okay. but Here i could see i mean i could see actors starting to realize like hey i probably need to say something before my estate does it when i'm gone like let's call it retirement like yeah. actors and actresses don't have retirement plans right with any right. any other business, you, this is my Black Mirror pitch. With every right. other business, you've got a retirement plan. You can go get a pension. If you're a teacher, you can get tenure. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff that you can have. With an actor, you don't have that. So what's the price tag of your likeness that you can use that you can give to your family for yeah. however long that lasts? I mean, lasts? what would or, you... Uh, uh, what if your performances are so good, so good that you're just like, I don't think I need to do this anymore. I'd rather just automate this system from now on. What if there's like, like a posthumous posthumous Oscar? Like not just like we had we've had the Heath Ledger get an Oscar, you know, dying while making the film, mm -hmm. um, and having having that last until that season and that Oscar. What if it's like somebody on some computer and obviously you know reserved footage from the actor or actress, like three years after their death? What if that's the best I don't know supporting performance of the year? It's a composite one from the computer. How do we? How do we do that? How do we hold on? I got it. Get... And the and the Oscar goes to hold on. Where's uh? I yeah. should have a, I should have a drum roll. Hold on. Oscar goes to Chat GPT. Welcome, Chat GPT. Great job, everybody. Right? <laughs> I mean, I I just I I can't fathom that world. I mean, I but I still see it being crazy possible where mm -hmm. likenesses are now. I think it'd now be visual effects or... awards still. I, I would hope so at that point, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what voter would like seriously be like, "Hey, that rendered thing is the best performance of the year." But stranger things have happened. I don't know. They'll still put it out before they do a best stunts category. I know, <laughs> or they'll they'll give it to some computer before they give it to like you know Andy Circus doing acting his butt off behind you know paint sensors right. and digital cameras. So right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Dial of Destiny. We won't mm -hmm. talk too much about it, but Mads Mikkelsen's the villain. Phoebe Waller Bridge in it. Uh, movie happening look good. Moving on, Star yeah. Wars Visions Volume Two is happening. I don't know if you okay. saw the first one. I thought it was pretty good. There's some not fun stuff in there. But, um, uh, is that the one that kind of um, lends to Japanese animation in that style? Uh, yes. Is that I how it feels? So. Okay, cool. And I think isn't this the one that brought in a Qui Gon and Dooku? I think you're right. I believe I this is the one. So there's gonna do some flashbacks, maybe talk about okay. some different characters. I don't. I have no idea. Um, Bad Batch. I don't watch the Bad Batch. Sorry, everybody. I don't either. I'm lame. Jedi Survivor. I don't have a PS5. Can we rage about that a little bit? Why? Why? Whether you, you don't have you a PS5 the or the game itself. Yeah. Why don't you like us? 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 Pores. We're just trying to play You're, the Star Wars game. Are you a Nintendo Switch guy? Or like I have the Switch? Your go-to is, is there one? 
for the Switch? Oh, I doubt it. I think you're right about it the whole thing. It seems Sony like it's thing. an enormous sized game and all right. like the components the makes it only on. PS5, which right. I get that, but you know, then, then it's on Nintendo. And let us have that version. Then it's on Nintendo and Microsoft to raise the game. Problem is, like you said, they'll raise their prices. So and though I think PlayStation needs to get their um scalper things in order, come out with their slim version and start lowering the prices of the regular model. Now we're talking. They yeah, I just started that when they did that. Started that back in two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, was there anything else that happened? I mean, there, there's tons From of panel biggest... stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and obviously there's novelizations and some pieces and parts that come there. I know there's comics and pieces that go there as well. But uh man, I'm just I'm really surprised how well they've been able to position themselves not that many years after what we can call the debacle of Rise of Skywalker, where you just didn't know what that studio was up to and doing. But look at them get back on good footing with surrounding themselves with good talent, putting uh, putting talent first. I think, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, by ha- where all where you started with having Daisy really as a producer, like having just buy in top to bottom. It helps from having a manic person here or there in control of something that has no, um, you know, just just fact or just checking and just backup. You know, um, right? Quality quality control. You know, where it's not in one person's hands; it's in the team's hands, and I think that's always better. I know we'll get to a point where we might say too many cooks in the kitchen, but with something as big as Star Wars, when that sandbox is that big, you're gonna need a lifeguard or two and another construction worker to deal with the sand. So, right? Yeah, well, I'm very excited. I think there's a lot to look forward to with the future of Star Wars. Maybe it didn't look as as promising as it does now, but I think they're doing. They're doing what the MCU was doing with phase one through three, where they did an experiment. It seems to be working, but uh, time will tell if they actually can stick the landing or if they're going to have another Jonathan major problem. Well, let's move on to the next. Uh, Why do I set myself up that with a horrible end joke? Like, I I don't know. I don't know. We'll I, I, uh, yeah. Are we gonna make a list top five list right now? Which actors will screw Star Wars over? <laughs> Number one. Uh, um, no. No, I, it would just no. be hilarious if they're like, we're gonna bring Ezra Miller from the DC universe into oh. the Star Wars. <laughs> There's a reason why that guy has not gotten any work other than a flash film in the can. So mm, that's true. He hasn't really gotten anything since, has he? No, no. And mm. the only reason why we still hear about it is because this film they keep sitting on this film until they get it right. So right. Ugh. Well, I think I think we got a good look at what we're what we're going to be seeing so with that said don thank you so much for joining um let people know what you have going on and uh where people can follow you bet you can find me on twitter uh facebook instagram uh tiktok uh the handles are mostly casablanca don unless you find my real name don shanahan uh, my published reviews are on film obsessive and on my own site every movie has a lesson and then uh, you can find myself hosting a podcast called the cinephile hissy fit it's sponsored by Film Obsessive, and it has my co-host, Will Johnson. And every week, we kind of take a film and break it down in kind of a love-or-hate format of who can win a battle of a hissy fit. And someday, we need this guy on the show as well. So we'll dig that uh, up and find You need to be on the way. show again. I was already on the show once. You were on – were you on our show or Aaron's show? I believe it was your show, was it not? I don't remember. Now it got, it's been 106 episodes. Because I remember we played that actually putting them up against each other. Ah, we'll have, you're going to have to go yeah. to the archives and find okay. me. And if I'm not in it, then you just got a ton of free views. So, I have this yeah. feeling that it's Aaron's show and we were doing the draft. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. The draft Aaron, might yeah. be the same thing. Yeah, okay. I was thinking. Shout out to Aaron White and feeling film because darn good podcast. Eh, uh, he's that okay. Guy. He's okay. Yeah. He's okay. He's, you know, yeah. You, you 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 can't pick some of the people that you, you have in your life and Aaron just yeah, kind of just kind of showed up. Right. 
Um, or you stuff you. yourselves in a car in Sundance and have stories to go with it. Oh, well, you're bringing that into it. Okay. You know, there's That's a photo somewhere. If you go That's on right. web archives, it'll be somewhere. But <laughs> uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Facebook and uh, watch Daily Dish, see it or skip it every Fridays. And uh, other than that, thank you so much. Oh, Renfield interview on Friday. Uh, Chris McKay, check it out. It's going to be awesome. Ooh. See you then. Thank you.